welcome to another episode of the Leap Takers podcast, the podcast for the curious, where I'm interviewing daring European entrepreneurs, investors, and shapers from a wide range of fascinating areas. So this can range from emerging technologies like crypto and AI to consumer goods, travel, gaming, or even food, as in the case of today's guest. So who am I talking about? My guest today is Andri Silberschmidt. He is a 25-year-old, I would call him a rising star here in Switzerland. He is a food entrepreneur, equity investor and politician. So here comes his bio. At the age of 15, he began his banking education and is now responsible at SwissCon to invest for the management of all quantitative equity funds in developing countries. Furthermore, in the summer of 2017, Andre and some of his friends founded Kaisin, a Pokeball restaurant and catering chain. Andre has also been politically active since 2011 and is currently running for national parliament in Switzerland. Before we get started, I'd like to kick this episode off, as always, with a quote that I particularly like and came across. So here we go. It had long since come to my attention that people of accomplishment rarely sat back and let things happen to them. They went out and happened to things. This is a quote from Leonardo da Vinci. I think it also fits well to today's guest. I hope he agrees. <laughs> so having said that, please enjoy this conversation with Andre Silberschmidt. Hello, Andre. Welcome to the Leap Takers podcast. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for the invitation, Rima. So having read your bio, uh, I think you already did quite a lot in, in your um, career so far. Um, but could you still introduce yourself to the audience in, in your own words? So to keep it short, I would say I'm a politician selling pokeballs and managing an equity fund. So this summarizes like the three main parts I'm um, acting at the moment. I'm member of the municipal parliament of the city of Zurich and president of a youth party in Switzerland. Beside that, I am running a startup, uh, like a food chain with four stores at the moment, but with some plans to expand. And um, I'm a banker. So I did an apprenticeship 10 years ago, um, studied a bachelor's and master's degree in finance, beside working at least 80%. And now after 10 years in banking, I will end my banking career by end of this year. Yeah, that's already quite a lot of achievements in your rather young career. Um, it seems like you knew exactly where you wanted to go from the beginning. <laughs> Was that the case or were you already interested as a kid in entrepreneurship or how did this develop? No, I think many um, things just uh, went by coincidence. So um, I quit high school with 15 and started an apprenticeship. I think this was like a key moment in my life because um, I was not... I'm happy to go to school on a daily basis, so I thought I start working really early. In Switzerland, the system works quite well. And um, being an apprentice, I was able to have a speech at the national holiday with 17. And after this speech, I got interested in politics. So I signed up in, in the party um, where I'm president now and realized that there is no local chapter in my hometown. So I founded this local chapter with um, 18 years and like seven years ago. So this is where my political career started. And for the startup as well, it was more coincidence. I was on vacation with friends three and a half years ago 
and we had some poke bowls in the restaurant and then we thought let's bring it to Zurich so there was not an exact plan but I think when you are when your nature is um, to to make things um, happen to move things forward this coincidence can happen more than for other mm -hmm. people Yeah, uh, I think that's quite funny about the, about the pokeballs because I think there's so many opportunities still in, in Switzerland yes. for, especially for food because Definitely. I think it's coming more now, but uh, there's still so many types of food that we don't have here. <laughs> And you know, it's so like, it's really cliche that the banker starts a restaurant. I think mm -hmm. there are many, many bankers that think oh, it's going to be so easy to run a restaurant. I will open up a new uh, pizza or whatever. And then after a year, they, they go bankrupt. So I'm really happy that I'm not part of this cliche that we are successful now for uh, two and a half years. And I think it's not just the, the food we offer, it's also the concept we have because we only do shop in shop, we only do lunch. So uh, we really focus on the profitable part of the day for this kind of food we serve. And it's not a classic approach to uh, get 100k rent a, A, a restaurant or invest in a new restaurant and then start and and yeah so i think it's it's cool that this um uh the startup is still, still in mm -hmm. success yeah and maybe let's go back to the beginning was this clear for you that you would like to start the business this way or was this a learning that you had to make uh that this um is the best way of operating the business I mean, it was more that we didn't have any money to mm -hmm. start. So we knew um, the only way to get money is to, to get revenue. Yeah. So we had to offer something that people uh, like and are interested in. So, and I think this was key. Like until now, we have uh, no uh, money from third persons. It's only the, the whole growth is financed by our organic sales. So I think this was key to our success. We start now after two and a half years to write the business plan. <laughs> and uh, the last two and a half years, we didn't have any business uh, plan or case at all. So we had to adopt from month to month um, our learnings uh, to get a stable concept. And I think this was key from the beginning that um, we would not be there where we are when we had more money to start with. Mm -hmm. um, so this was... Yeah, and um, also, how did this play out in the beginning? Because I think it must be quite hard to, you want to start a restaurant but or a chain, and where do you even start? How did you approach this? Did you talk to people that taught you how to do it, or did you do a lot of research, read any books, or how did you approach this? It seems quite intimidating to me. Yeah, the start was just that I uh, wrote down this idea in my reminder app, like open up a Pokeball store in Zurich. Mm -hmm. And after it popped up 10 times, I thought, okay, now either I try to do it or I delete this reminder. I don't like having a reminder on a daily basis and I, I have no progress there. Mm -hmm. So I wrote to a, a guy who is owning several restaurants in the city of Zurich. I knew him through politics and I just asked him to have a lunch and, and pitch my idea. And then he said, you know, Asian fusion kitchen is not my thing, so I will not implement it. I mean, to be honest, first I thought I gave him the idea, he will implement it. I get like 10% of the revenue or something like that. So really like the banker approach. <laughs> And then he said, uh, it's not the concept that I will follow, but uh, you can try it. You can give it a try. And I can give you a location for four months for free. Mm -hmm. And you can try out your idea. 
and in the end like you can deduct all the expenditures from your revenues and if there's something left you can keep it and go on so i thought okay let's give it a try but the the friends um with whom i went on vacation they were all bankers <laughs> so <laughs> i knew that we, we don't succeed with this team so i asked um two other friends uh, one one uh, one is a cook uh, a chief and the other one is is really good in marketing so um this was the team from the beginning until now and the one who really knows about running a restaurant is now our ceo so it's quite good to have a team with um, different skills Yeah, I think there was a very interesting point that you also limited your downside, I would say, with this initial few months where you could just basically cover the cost and then you could keep the upside if you have any. And I think this is what some other great entrepreneurs also do or did. Like, I think there's the famous story of Richard Branson, how when he started uh, Virgin, mm -hmm. um, the airline that he, I think, negotiated some really nice terms and kind of just had almost no downside and only yeah. an upside and yeah. so that is really a, a good concept to keep in mind yeah because i think there is a lack of people uh, that want to push things forward mm -hmm. that want to start their own business and there is enough money and also enough uh, risk capital i would say yeah. so if you are really willing to to push things forward i think there are many people that give you a chance because most of them are over 50 they made their career so they want to support you they want to see you succeed so um, that's something i really see in switzerland that there is so much potential if you start something by yourself that you will get a lot of support and for sure we need to work on our cultural failure but but it's it's going so it's 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 not a bad atmosphere at the moment to start a, a company and maybe a weird <laughs> question but what you mentioned before you have a note-taking app What app do you use? Just out of just a curiosity? standard okay. standard uh, Apple iOS app. Okay. So <laughs> I I tried several uh, services and and but in the end, it's for me the easier it is, the better. So mm -hmm. uh, this is why I just use standard apps. And yeah. and do you have any other tools or um, programs that you used to start the business or that you found helpful or like books or other resources? So one book I I like was uh, Getting Things Done. So it helped me to organize myself to uh, even if you have several things like me, you I run an equity fund with uh, almost a billion asset under management. I, I have the party with 4,000 members and I'm a startup. So it's kind of really a lot to do. But knowing how to organize um, can keep you calm and, and without stress. So I think... This book, Getting Things Done, I, I don't remember the offer, but uh, this helped me a lot. Not not in the startup. I think the startup, we just tried and there was no book we followed. Um, and now we have to follow a business plan or, or we, we have to follow the structure of a business plan to, to get some money mm -hmm. because we want to expand. Yeah. And are you planning to grow still with the pokeballs or you have also other plans maybe to offer different type of food as well or is no this no it's really the pokeball we've been successful now for two and a half years just with this concept over lunch and we have delivery service for lunch and dinner as well but we are not open on at, um, at night because most of the stores we are in are either closed at night so a, a coffee store or an e-bike store they are closed And or they are used for different um, 
like like bars or so they are just selling alcohol and no pokeboys anymore so we really focus on on the lunchtime we had an offer um for another store in zurich for uh, coffee in the morning and after work and we were really close to sign the deal mm -hmm. but then we realized we need to put so much effort to these new concepts uh, which we could not put in the expansion of the successful Pokeball lunch concept. So that's why we denied and want to focus now really on, on what worked uh, the last two years. Mm -hmm. And it's not the Swiss way that we want to take on more risk now, but I think in the end, if you really want to build a big chain, there is at some point you, you have to take the risk and also get some money from family, friends or, or smart money from investors to to grow fast. Mm -hmm. There is probably only one or two companies that can succeed with Pokeboys in Switzerland. So yeah. the chances are, are, are not bad that we are one of them, but now we need to, um, yeah, mm -hmm. invest. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's true. You have to think about, uh, competition at one point as well and how you differentiate yourself. Yeah. But uh, what I wanted to ask is how did you think about marketing or making the people aware of this new concept when once you launched it? going back a bit in time again. Yeah, so first, it was good that I was involved in politics, so the people knew me. So when a politician starts something new, there will for sure be a newspaper writing stories about. So, and all the founders were really good connected in Zurich. So we have all friends, we are born and raised here. So it's kind of the organic reach we already had was quite, quite good. And yeah, to, to add on, we just printed some flyers and distributed them around the, the pop-up store because there were many businesses, many banks. And I mean, after the second day, we were profitable from an operative perspective because uh, you don't need that many clients if you have not, not a lot of initial investments, right? That's the beauty of our concept, the, the shopping shop. We don't need to invest 100K for each store. So that's why we are profitable really early. Like when we go to new cities now, according to our plan, it needs four months and we are um, even break even with all the investments and for a restaurant. It's, that's not normal case, right? Yeah. So this mouth to mouth and flyers is really successful. For sure, we started those with Instagram quite early, but then we had some collaborations with um, so-called influencers. Um, for the delivery we, we offer from our own homepage and we, we gave some coupons to them. And to be honest, there were not many orders <laughs> by the influencers. So it's, I, I think it's good for, from a brand awareness perspective, but to really get the client in your store, uh, you need to get all the people around your store to know that you're there. So, and you, you do this by flyering or emailing or calling the people. So, right. Really the classic way of marketing. Yeah, I think that's some good points also with the influencer marketing. Yeah, I heard some mixed things as well from, from other people. So. Yeah, I mean, nothing, I, I, nothing bad to say about influencers. Yeah. If they can live with what they do, it's um, my respect, really. But I think as a company, as a young company, as a startup, it's not something you should just focus on this. So there is the classic ways distribution channels are uh, even more important when you're a young startup, I would say. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to another point you mentioned before, um, your different commitments in, in politics with the startup and your position as a equity fund manager. How do you balance your, let's say, time and, and energy? 
I think a lot of startup founders or people that first want to start something on the side and still have a normal day job might struggle with this. So I'm curious how you see that and how you deal with this challenge of balancing so many balls at once. I think it's like an ongoing learning process. It's it's not that I have the golden rule now that I will keep forever, but I have like three main uh, things I follow when there is a lot of um, action happening. So the first is uh, I, I sleep enough, at least seven hours. At the moment, 7.5 hours on average. So that's uh, a rule I have to follow if I have so many things to do. The second one is I don't drink alcohol during the weekdays, only on weekends. And the third one is, is I work out four times on weekdays, four out of five times. So if I follow those three pillars um, with the other, I would say, 16, 17 hours a day, I can be really productive. So that's, this is kind of the, the ground. Um, if I have this, I in, invest a lot in, in the people I'm working with, so in the party. Um, when I became president three and a half years ago, we had just an intern for like 50%. Now we have um, 300% um, FTE and one is full time there since uh, three years. And also with the startup, we, we hired some really great people. So this is key. I, I would say there are so many great people out there uh, looking for, for adventure. And if, if you can approach them, um, it's it's not the thing about um, giving them a lot of salary. It's really giving them uh, some proper content for for their daily job. And if they have it, they will succeed and the money will come. So mm-hmm. I would say first you have to start with yourself to get the balance. And those are the three pillars I mentioned. Yeah. And then you really need to invest in in talents and people. And if you have this this balance, it's it's working. What type of sports do you do? Uh, just working out in the morning. Okay. <laughs> there is like not many things you can do at 6 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. And gym opens at 6, so I, I'm, I'm there on time and just work out an hour. But it's not that I want to like... Um, it's just more for the, for the physical balance. It's, yeah. it's not that I have some goals um, on, on this side. Yeah. yeah. And also to add on to the point of sleep, I think this is a very important point that also I think gained more attention in the last year or two because there was also a lot, quite a lot of research done and published. And I think there's a book called Why We Sleep. And I think it also changed a lot of minds of people that were before like you have to, you know, (laughs) minimize sleep and uh, otherwise work like 80, 19 hours or something. But yeah. I think it's really the, the research shows how important yeah. sleep is. And the more you do, the more sleep you need, right? Mm-hmm. I Like three years ago, I had experience where I, I, I lost some hair mm-hmm. uh, and I looked in the mirror and I was like, what the hell, you're 22 and you're losing <laughs> your hair because of stress. Like I was Googling this kind of hair loss. Well, what's, what's the reason? Then it's stress. Mm-hmm. So I was just sleeping five or six hours going to the gym every morning because I wanted to succeed there as well. But then I told myself, why do you, you cannot be everywhere on top. So just sleep enough and try to work out as, um, yeah, like as many as, as possible you can. So. Yeah, it, it changed. That's why it's, I, I said it's a process of learning. I would say in five years later, I have some other pillars probably added on yeah. to my formula to, to have a balanced life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to also switch to another point you mentioned, 
so we talk about entrepreneurship and now the whole politics part um i read that you're now also engaging in an initiative to foster entrepreneurship in switzerland and make it more attractive as a as a place to start a company yeah could you give the audience a quick overview of what you're doing and why why you think it's important yeah thank you it's um it's, it's a really important initiative we started so i'm happy to to speak about this one it's an it's called team startup it's by uh, launched by Judith Belesch from uh, the Green Liberal Party and, and by myself from the Freedom Democratic Party. I didn't mention it so far, uh, but it's not about the parties. It's more about the, the topic. So um, we came together to say we need to um, get the, the startups more engaged because when you talk to them, they always complain about the hurdles they are uh, tackling at the moment, not just the, when it comes to business growth, also when it comes to reg regulatory framework. And we want to give them a platform where they can speak out what they need. So no one can say, I don't know to whom I have to reach out to change the regulatory framework. So we offer a platform. It's also kind of gamification because we say the three best ideas gets on a public poll and the idea with the most votes uh, will get into parliament in December when we get elected to the national parliament. And if we are not getting elected, we make sure that this uh, idea will come for sure in the parliament uh, with a motion to to make it happen, right? So it's it's not just um, an, another WordPress site where you can say what's what's important or not, and then it's, it's uh, on the website, but no one cares about. It's really we promise that we take on these ideas to the parliament and make things happen. Um, I think it's really important as a politician to listen to the people. Um, none of us knows everything. And the more we know, the more, the better we know that we don't know a lot, actually. <laughs> so and that's why we thought, let's, let's, let's ask the, the founders and the investors what kind of changes they need. Because the, Switzerland is a good, it's a really nice country. And I'm so happy that I grew up here and I have all the opportunities that Switzerland offers. But still, if we just, Think uh, let's keep it like this. I think in some years you will not be top one in all this innovation index. I mean, you can start with the ease of doing business index. We are on rank uh, 38. So it's uh, it's easier to do business in Azerbaijan and in Switzerland. Wow. So uh, saying that, uh, no one can say it's not, it's not a potential here to improve the framework for startups. Where do you see some, some other challenges maybe that Switzerland lags a bit behind other countries. I think you also mentioned the mentality of taking risk or failure in, in Switzerland as one. Are there any other areas that you see in your own opinion that we could improve? Regarding startups? Regarding yeah. starting a, a startup or entrepreneurship in general? I think we are... It's hard as a, such a successful country with so many successful global corporates to get young people starting their own thing. I see it for myself. Mm -hmm. I had now 10 years uh, good salary from a bank. And now I, in January, I will have like 30% of the salary I had before. And I can just do this because I don't have kids and, and bigger responsibilities. So I think we need to educate more what it means to have a startup, what uh, great opportunities you have when you start your own company. 
because most of the people growing up in Switzerland, they have parents in, in big corporations. Um, they are teach to have like a safe job to uh, have children and, and just like settle down. So I think if we uh, try to shift this focus to uh, do what you think is, is great and if you have great ideas and you cannot implement this in your own in the company you're working for start your own company and and know all the opportunities and I think the one of the best things you have starting your own business is you get so much more and also really interesting interactions with people you would never meet before and through those interactions new ideas came up and in the end you land somewhere where you didn't start but if you don't do this, you start, I don't know, as a cashier in a bank and in 10 years later, you're head of the cashier service. So it's like similar what you did before. And I think this uh, this whole adventure world you're entering when you start your business is something exciting. So if we talk more about it, perhaps uh, the young generation will start more and more doing, doing the things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree. So education and also making people aware a bit earlier would definitely help as well i think from my own experience i think i was just not very aware of it as a let's say teenager back then it was not really talked about that much about starting company or startup that was everyone was like okay i'm going to study then i go to yeah to consulting or to bank or something mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it's just like over the last i don't know four or five years i think that maybe the general mindset changed a bit or my own um, yeah, so, sure. Um, but I think there is also there is not only the responsibility from the founders. There is also one from the investors. Mm -hmm. We have um, like 900, 900 billion asset under management for pension funds, and a lot of this money is invested in 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 bonds where they get negative yield, and they like most of them just follow passive benchmarks. They say oh, we invest. Uh, I don't know. X percent in MSCI world, X percent in, in bond index, and then we are fine. So I think more and more they have to think about what is happening with this money. Um, also climate wise, we have a huge climate debate all around the world. But also when it comes to can we perhaps give more money to, to venture funds or direct invest in startups? Because there is where the, the wealth is created for the future. And I think it's also responsibility of all the asset holders or uh, rich families, pension funds, governments to think more about what they do with their money. Because I think there was a trend of just following the cheapest investments. So indexing was, was a big trend uh, still because active managers were costing a lot, not performing well in the public opinion. So we shift all the money to index investment. But if you passive your investments, also your, your responsibility has gone away. And I think having money gives you more and more responsibility. So this also we can uh, we can improve this as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fully agree with you there. I think there is still a lack of really good um, institutional money in Switzerland to to support these startups from an investment perspective. And yeah, I don't know how exactly the split looks like, but I feel like yeah, there is not that much invested from the big asset managers and yeah, uh, pension funds, etc. In, in venture, I think there's yeah, very little. There's a huge potential. Yeah, there's a huge. Potential. So yeah, I think I hope also there will be more of a, a rise of of more targeted VC funds or um, accelerators that support mm -hmm. the, the growth here in Switzerland. 
we talked about the challenges and I also wanted to ask you from your learnings now from starting um, your own startup, um, what did you learn and what would you tell yourself now before you started like some key learnings for an, let's say an, a new entrepreneur? If you can generalize yeah. it, if yeah, it's yeah. possible. So we, we didn't fail uh, big so far so there's not like a big learning I can uh, talk about but I would say you always have to know your exit your personal exit you always have to have several opportunities or create yourself some opportunities and um, this is the first thing when you start a company with different people you need to have a plan for yourself as well because um, so as far as it's it's running well it, there's not an issue but if it's not running well anymore uh, you need to have your own opportunities, what, what you do next. So this is something I learned I, so far. And on the other hand, really just if you don't need a lot of money, if it's not like a, a tech company where you need to invest millions before you can really start, just just start with the idea and just uh, try to have like uh, a pop-up if it's a store or or a beta version to start with so uh, this helped us so much and we did so many things wrong but it didn't cost a lot mm -hmm. so this is something i would uh, tell my to to my own uh, self like three years back really do this again like this so <laughs> um i think we have many failures but because they didn't cost a lot, I cannot remember all of them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that it's a good point. And also, if you can get any leads early, like maybe with a landing page or like uh, some signs that you actually have, there's a need in the market and that you will be successful once you really start a business. Yeah. I think can help you already establishing uh, or like making sure that the idea could work. Yeah. And also be patient. I, I think... I mean, if you have an idea and it, it's uh, important that to launch it now and not in, in a week, then it's probably not the best idea because you're going to be, um, they're going to be the, the global market leader anyway coming and, and, and taking the market. I mean, you see now with Uber Eats, we are working with Uber Eats and also with eat.ch and you see now with, with Uber Eats entering the Zurich markets, we have more volume than with other distributors. We are working uh, for several months now. It's kind of when there is a global leader coming and, and getting the market, he will get the market. So if your idea is good enough, it's it's not. I mean, you have to have speed. And but when you start, better think think about how it should really look like. And if you know, okay, I have now the product that's that's with a USP and everything, then you can. Uh, have some more speed but with, when you start take your month or two to really know what what you really want to have great yeah i think for the last um 10 minutes or so of the interview i would like to switch over to the more personal questions um to also get to know you a bit better so i always like to ask my guests what book recommendation or any type of knowledge resource that you would recommend to me or the audience let's say if i board 10 hour flight now to to the us or something what, what would be a good book to read or something to um entertain myself <laughs> <laughs> so i'm not sure if it's a lot of entertainment but uh skin in the game from nasim Tolib. 
is a great one. He he wrote the book Black Swan as well. So I read Black Swan because I'm a banker and I think you need to know about the Black Swans around the world. I mean, you cannot know them, but how they can uh, or what the impact is if there is a Black Swan probabilities and risk management. And after Black Swan, I read Skin in the Game and it's even better because it's more about uh, philosophy and like how people act different if they really have skin in the game so like being invested or having their name as a company name i mean founders 50 years ago they put their name like schindler the elevator company he puts his name and and this is really skin in the game so if something goes wrong it's his family name that that is in the press right mm. so the value of also talking and working with people who have skin in the game and are not just um, selling cars um, like this type of, of people uh, helped me a lot and another book was Lean In by Sherry Sandberg so it helped me to get out of my bubble and out of the comfort zone uh, when I like theoretically in my head because I'm being a, a, a man 25 white born in Zurich it's kind of you have many privileges and then you start reading about um other types of people in the world or other gender, uh, what challenges they face. So this uh, helped me a lot. And it was also by coincidence that I read this book. I was on vacation with my girlfriend and she finished the book and I had, I finished mine as well. So we changed the books <laughs> and I, I started reading Lean In. And the third one I'm reading at the moment is The Constitution of Liberty of um, Friedrich August von Hayek. It's more about... Um, it's also really philosophic. Um, the value of liberty for a society, for for a person, and this is really important. I think to have also moral understanding, or or like not just jump from opportunity to opportunity, but also have like a moral ground and a focus. And I mean, this book was written I don't know fifty years ago or something like this. But when you read it, it, it gives you something for your life. Mm-hmm. That's what I like when I talk to people where I see they have, they know, or they have values and they know where they want to go. And it's not just they are looking for the hotspots and then they go to crypto and then they, or they just go for opportunities. Mm-hmm. You can go for crypto when, when you're convinced, but not just because you heard there is some, some money yeah. to create. So, uh, I like this book very much and it gives, gives you as a, being a politician, it's, it's also good to have like proper ground of your, what you say in the public, right? Not just mm-hmm. say what people want to hear, but also being convinced of what you say. Thanks. I think there's some good recommendations <laughs> there. Also from Taleb, I think Full by Randomness is, is a mm-hmm. great book. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't read I, it, but... Yeah, uh, I, I actually, I didn't read the other two, but I, I read Full by Randomness, but <laughs> nice. the other ones are on my list. Good. And that's also a, a really good one. My next question would be your best investment that you made so far it does not necessarily need to be an investment of money it can also be an investment of time of energy um, but that had like a good impact or the best impact for you so i would say quit the school and go to a, or start an apprenticeship was for me really key when i was in school with 15 i smoked weed i wasn't really good i was bored and kind of i think I had a lot of potential back then and I wasn't using it and going to the um, working for a bank three days a week with 15 
and being the cashier at the, and, and like it was really kind of working it, it was not just I'm um, going to school so this was um, I would say one of the most important investments when I look back 10 years ago now because all, all I, I have now is just started with the apprenticeship for in, in the bank and now I'm not an apprentice anymore so I would say my best investment at the moment is having time with people I really care about, with people um, they wanna, who wants to help me. So, so say mentor uh, or advisor. So I spend a lot of time to talk to people and discuss opportunities and plans and exit options. And like everything I, I was saying the last, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes, is, is is based on on really deep discussions with many people, um, for sure with my own convictions, but but also, I think it's it's okay to also listen to others. Yeah, the yeah the apprenticeship is definitely something that can give you some advantages. Yeah, that I think now you you have already so many years of work experience that maybe mm-hmm. uh, other people don't have. So. Yeah, I can definitely see see the the advantage of that. Another question is if you have any specific hobby or thing that you use to decompress and like when next to all your engagements in politics, entrepreneurship, uh, managing the fund, is there anything that you do to kind of relax or that you like to do in your free time? I would or is say, it hard to find yeah, the time? No, I would say my, my life is my hobby. So yeah. I try to get energy of what I do and don't need to invest energy in what I do. Mm-hmm. So saying that, I'm running for national parliament at the moment. Like last weekend, I had um, six different uh, things going on. So I had to go from from this event to the other one. And people were like you're crazy and it must absorb so much energy and then i said no it's cool i i meet new people i can talk to many people and this gives me energy so actually there is not like something a hobby i would say for sure doing uh, working out in the morning having some friends with whom i don't have to talk about politics or entrepreneurship all the time for sure it's important but it's just having these friends and doing sport would not be enough uh, to satisfy myself so I need also the, the other parts so that's why I think really holistically in this kind of sense to try to have a, a good life um, with everything what I'm doing for sure in the last 10 years and uh, not everything what I did in, in the bank or what I did uh, during my studies or what I did in politics was for fun and there are, there are still many tasks also at the moment that are not really just for fun but but uh, it's the package you get yeah a question that i should have asked before but you said you had mentors and there is this concept of like a personal advisory board and let's say if you were a company who would you have on your advisory board and it does not need to be someone who is who you know it can be anyone it's like alive or that uh, you don't know personally, but someone who you would like to have as an advisor. Anyone so, comes to so mind? So you, you won't have a specific name. Uh, or it can be a few names. It's, uh, <laughs> it's really hard because also I get uh, questioned a lot, who is your role model? Mm-hmm. And then I always say, I don't want to follow just one one person, right? Yeah. I think with this advisory board, it's a better question because you have several 
people impacting your thoughts and in the end you can make out what you think is best right you can mention three four names but if no if you don't want i mean i can i can describe them yeah (laughs) yeah, sure (laughs) um i would say i i would definitely need someone and i don't have this at the moment who is like 10 years younger like teenager to know what they care about i mean with 25 I, i already feel kind of old it sounds stupid but but when i see how how the teenagers use um, all the new gadgets it's kind of a different life and a different generation so i would definitely need someone who is uh, younger than me in my advice personal advisory board Um, i need diversity in there to get me challenged like also my team and for the national campaign there are more women than than uh, men and it's kind of uh, yeah, I have really different um, people in there. That's what I like. But oh, I also want to have successful entrepreneurs who, who are not like really busy on a daily basis and have to care about so many things and then give me an advice. So it's more for them. Uh, as I said before, they are over 50. They did their things and now they want to give back. So it's kind of for me, it should be a really um, a diverse group of, of people. Mm-hmm. Um and at the moment, Swiss-based, because um, as being a politician, you you commit yourself to the city you live in, to the country you live in. So um, probably it's not good to have too much international influence because then I want to go to San Francisco or Hong Kong to work, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's better to keep it now, uh, in, uh, yeah, in, in, the, in the Swiss mountains. Let's mm. say. <laughs> cool. Yeah, great. And if you had a like let's say a gigantic billboard that you could put a message on for Switzerland or, or for the world, let's say one or two sentences, what would you put on it? I would put on uh, three words. One is respect, the second one is create, and the third one is enjoy. So, I mean, respect starts, I would say, with everything. If you don't respect the, the other people you're around with, other opinions. That's what I see in politics, right? That uh, I think Switzerland is, is a good example how how you can do it as a society, not not to go against each other, but to go with each other. I was in the U.S. in January for uh, five weeks um, with other politicians from Europe, and uh, when you talk to people they, there, they just hate each other if they don't follow the same opinions. So it's all about respect. Also respect your competitor, respect um, people who were not successful and those who were really successful. So it starts everything with respect, I would say. Then create. Um, I think this gives you a unique heritage when you create something. It can be an NGO, it can be a startup, it can be a new feature in your company, it can be a family, it, it can be friendship through lifetime. So in the end... There is this idea of museum, of like your life. If your life would be a museum, what should be in there? Mm-hmm. So you have to create something. Yeah, this is, I think, what what leaves because um, we are all pop-ups. We are all temporary on this planet. So <laughs> there is a point where we close down. And if you didn't create anything at all, it's your heritage is not uh, not so big. I mean, you can say I don't care about it, but I care. So. I'd say that's the second word and the third one is enjoy. As I mentioned, we are only temporarily. Mm-hmm. So not every day should, 
should be like a lot of fun, but uh, on average, uh, enjoy what you do. And if you are not able to create a lot because you're suffering um, different challenges, it's uh, still try to get the best out of it. I know that not everyone is that privileged to create and, and be respected and enjoy everything. So if you cannot do all, all these free things, start with the respect and then try to get the most out of it. And if you have enough energy and opportunities, start creating. Thanks for sharing that. And I think these were some good closing words. Nevertheless, I, I always have my typical last question, which is about the theme of the podcast, which is like risk taking. And that's why it's called the Leap Takers podcast. So my question is, what does courage mean to you? It means, uh, for me, it means taking responsibility, go into positions where you, are, you have to prove leadership. So I've been now president of the party for four years. Before that, I was three years president of the cantonal chapters and one year bef before of the local chapter. So for eight years now, I'm the president. And this is taking risk because in politics every day you have uh, new inputs, news, people against you, and you're always exposed. Um, if you really have this positions and leadership, you have risk, uh, you have skin in the game. You have your face on the TV screen and what you say is heard by thousands of people. So what I think is courage is taking on this leadership and not just talking about others, talking what I or the others should and can do, but go into, into this position to take on the responsibility and the leadership, what, what you want to change. This is courage for me. So I think with that, that's a good closing point. Thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast, Andre. And uh, thank you so much. I enjoyed. Yeah, it was fun. And where can people find more about you and, and your work if they want to follow you or support you? Uh, I mean, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, mm -hmm. Twitter. I have a homepage. You can write me an email. You can call me, uh, write me a WhatsApp. So just go on my homepage. You will find uh, all the contact details there. I'm not active on Snapchat anymore. I started a TikTok profile oh, wow. <laughs> just to understand what, the, what, what it is, but I, I'm also not that active there, but uh, you will find me. Great. I will also make sure to link that in the show notes of the podcast with all the links. So yeah, have a look there. Good. Then thanks again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. You could do me a really big favor if you quickly head over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and give the Leap Takers podcast a five-star rating. This would really help me to get more visible and that I'll be able to continuously bring on great guests to this show. So thank you very much. In addition, I'm also happy about any type of feedback that you might have or ideas for future guests and the questions you would like me to ask them. So if you have any ideas, just shoot me a message. You can find all my podcast episodes as well as my contact details on leaptakers.com or you can also just follow me on Twitter and Instagram where you should be able to find me under Remo Keyboards. So yeah, next to the podcast, I also started uh, writing some blog posts on the Leaptakers website. So there I write about various topics, be it about investing, entrepreneurship, traveling or just some new cool products that i tried it's all there so check it out if you like having said that 
I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Stay curious and I hope to catch you next time. Bye-bye.